The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Radio 24-7. Today is the 20th of January, 2018. Stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat, I am a winner, I am a champion, among many other things. I am unstoppable. I am an optimist. You can add anything you want to that. And I'm telling you right now, as we embark more and more on singular shows of me doing the things that I am achieving right now with this type of behavior, obviously, you know, Steve Cotter, and there will be many other people on here that we are going to be putting out product to this year, basically, that is going to go out and define the things you're going to need to build from the inside out. But unlike most of the great ones out there, all of my knowledge is built from the gym outside. That's where I build all that internal fire, all that internal change, which ends up reflecting everything to the outside. And I want to stress this with everyone. If you haven't heard it, you do not build from the outside in. Remember that. It's the inside out, and it takes years. It takes 21 days alone to change a negative thought. That, that's how long it takes to flush this stuff out of you. When you got 30 years of it, 25 years of it, and even young kids, they've got years of this stuff. It takes a lifetime almost to get rid of it. But, man, once you start rolling, you will not believe the changes in your life. So think about all that. Also, too, this show, if there's anything out there, I don't know. But this show is just intense enthusiasm. And when we talk enthusiasm, it's contagious. That can be good or bad. We want to just push the envelope where the intensity here has got you white-knuckled, literally. All right, And you're hanging on every word because that is the way you're going to make some big, big changes in your life. And remember this, too. This is something I've been thinking about a lot today. My dad used to talk to me a lot about this. A handshake. When you offer a handshake to somebody, make sure that we're not talking a soft, sweaty hand. A firm handshake, as my dad said, always look that person in the eyes. If they look away, you need to think about if you're going to do any type of deals, friendship, or anything. Because somebody that can't look you in the eyes is somebody, as the Italians say, is not to be trusted. Another gem from my pop. Also, too, go out to uh, FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Uh, Winners and Champions, Inc., the best product out there, hands down. 14 modules, which will change your life. Get ready, because I finished up all the write-up yesterday for Etched in Stone for Men. This is another pillar in your life, another pillar to hold your foundation up to go along with Winners and Champions, Inc. Also, too, go out to our Prosperity Conscious page, which is on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. You'll understand when we ask for support, 
now totally how I do things, how I think about things. That's all changed too. Also, go out to um, our YouTube channel. Just go out and type in uh, Fiorella Barbell, uh, Real Strength, Real Men. You'll get, I don't know how many videos are out there, and we want to start that cooking too. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. We're pretty close to 800 already. Um, podcast, that's incredible. A little over three years. Very, very proud of that. Also, too, on MotivationAndMuscle.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. Um, when I get to them, you will get them, and it could be a blog post, it could be a previous uh, show, or it might be something I whip up right there. So you're always going to get good information here. Well, everyone knows my position on bringing in new people here to the show. Um, it's very exciting for me to bring a new perspective here and to welcome, um, obviously, a new athlete to the family. It's very important, and um, I believe that when we do this, it just opens up another way to get another point of view you've never heard. Besides that, it's great to just bring in other other people and other ideas. So today, we, are, um, we have a brand new person coming in here named Mark Boggs, and Mark, we're going to, obviously this is an introduction show, we call it Introducing, and I'm going to give you a little information on Mark. Number one, he's a father of two, he's a former kettlebell lifter, power lifter, student of the power rack, and he's been in this great stuff we call physical culture for 30 years, and I'm telling you right now, these are the people that are going to keep spreading the physical culture message we have because far too much of it is not there. A lot of it is fully misunderstood. And I've said this before, I can give you three movements right now that will change your life forever, whatever condition you are in. And, you know, if you go out to FBC website, you'll see here in the tri-state area of New York, anybody that wants to come here and train, I will train you. So you've got a hell of a lot of options here. But with no further ado, Mark, welcome to Motivation and Muscle. It's an honor to have you on, my friend. Hey, thanks, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm very, very happy to be here. And uh, just wanted to take a moment to thank you for kind of uh, um, you know, pushing forth the physical culture thing in the podcast. I tell you, I found you about a year ago. I was you know, sitting here thinking maybe I'm the last person that thinks like this. Maybe I'm the last person that really loves Power Rack. Yeah. So I did a Google search on Power Rack podcasts, and I found this whole list from you. And I think the first one I listened to was by John Bruni, then Adam T. Glass, and yep. Roger LaPointe, and Bud Jeffries. And I just I went through and I, uh, I bookmarked all of them. I listened to them over and over again, and I'm always – getting something new out of them so i just want you to know uh i appreciate what you're doing and, and i'm sure all the listeners out there do as well thanks mark and i appreciate the nice comments too um anything i missed in your bio uh you got anything coming up websites you can lay it all out and we're going to introduce you now that you're part of our family to the family so take it away uh, no, no websites. Uh, a couple of contests. I'm trying to uh, qualify for the USPA Nationals out in Las Vegas uh, this summer. My my youngest son, who also uh, power lifts, uh, he's got a meet coming up, I believe, in May. Okay. Over in Dayton. So uh, 
so you know we're just training and uh, training every day and and pushing things forward that's awesome stuff well the first question is one i ask everybody um what were your influences obviously to get into physical culture what age did you start and um is there any other advice? Would you give different advice from when you started to right now to anybody coming in through the ranks like we did? Yeah, when I first started, you know, um, I was very, very tall, very thin. I was like six two. I weighed around one hundred and thirty pounds. I was just, I was, I was a skeleton wrapped in skin. And, <laughs> and, uh, yep. And I just decided one day, you know, as a lot of things you know, seemed to work this way. I just decided I'm going to change my lot in life. And I I went and joined a gym and I've just kind of been bitten by it uh, ever since then. You know, at the time, Arnold was all the rage and, you know, uh, bodybuilding was a very, very big thing. So I kind of got started in that. But I was fortunate enough to grow up in Dayton, Ohio, which was the home of uh, the multi-time world powerlifting champion, uh, Larry Pacifico. Yep. And uh, he had a great gym up there, and a lot of champions at the time trained there. And that was a huge influence. He was he was a great guy, very gracious, very uh, you know willing to you know uh, share his knowledge. So I think that was a very very big influence at the time to me, and that got me kind of headed down the path I eventually went. I think the advice I would give, and I know it seems like you hear it all the time, but is to you know, stick to the basics. You know, there are certain timeless things that have worked over the decades and it's not the fancy routines of this split or that split or some complicated routine. It's the hard and heavy basics. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on those things, focus on the things that we're making guys like John Grimmick strong, guys like Anthony Totillo strong, things that made Paul Anderson strong, they're going to make you strong as well. Yep. I totally agree. Um, you know, the the point, you know what it is? Um, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about and we've ju- and you've just talked about brought up is this. It's not real sexy to people. And by that I mean, right. you know, everyone's always looking for, okay, what what's the next thing I can do that's going to get me, you know, the body of the champions or whatever they want. And let's face it, it's a lifetime. Um, you're going to meet up with a lot of things that are going to grab you by the throat and shake you pretty much. And you're going to have to decide at that point, you know, am I going to stay with this stuff? Am I going to make it a life? And, and I think, to me, if I had to say anything right now to anyone, for sure, the first thing you got to make your mind up to is this. Um, this is a lifetime. Now, if you can reconcile that with yourself, no matter what happens, you're going to stick to this. But if you're looking to say, well, I only need two years of this because, you know, maybe I want to play football or maybe I want to go to college and, you know, get a scholarship or whatever. Look, this is few and far between. And I would never say to anybody, don't keep working as hard as you can. But, what I believe now more than ever is, number one, you commit to the lifestyle of physical culture. Number two, whether you get some type of coaching or you get into a gym like, you know, with Larry Pacifico or anybody, work, learn, 
and just be a thinker. And then eventually you're going to take and apply the action and you will have success. But the thing that is not stressed anymore, and we see it all over the airwaves right now with all the weight loss stuff. I mean, you can't turn a thing on without someone schlepping something to drop the weight off your body. Well, everyone knows that these products, uh, to me, um, I would be mighty skeptical about it. And, you know, when they say, well, what do you do? Well, here's the thing. Um, Start gradually eliminating things you know that are destructive to you. But the main thing is, like I said in the beginning, take up some physical exercise. If that means, you know, you're very heavy, your knees hurt you, et cetera, et cetera, start walking a little bit, all right? And if that only means two blocks and turning around and come back, do you realize there that you've started now things in motion? And I'm going to get right to you, too. Um, but when I talk about steps, you know, we talk about building the basement with the, with the weights. It's the same way with building the foundation when you have done nothing for years or maybe never been very physical you can't expect the 90-day quick-fix program. It's not going to work. And it, one of the easiest ways to start bringing your weight down or whatever you need to do is to figure out what you need to <clears throat> sustain every day. And by that, I mean food-wise. And then secondly, what do I need to do right now to get me moving, to get the motor running? And the smallest of things can change your life so significantly and in a short period of time, you'll wonder, why didn't I do this 25 years ago? Go ahead and take it. Comment on anything. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, you hit on one thing there that, that, that really struck out at me. You see all these infomercials for different <clears throat> equipment devices, and it seems like so many people are looking for something that's, you know, easy, something that's a magic bullet to get them where they where they need to go. Yep. When, <clears throat> excuse me, the magic bullet's inside of everybody. It's just that desire to work and to work towards goals. And you talked about, you know, the smallest steps and making progress. And, you know, what I found about this whole thing, whether it be just powerlifting or lifting or kettlebell lifting or physical culture in general, is it's not so much the end goal, it's the journey. Yeah. It's it's what and you talked about building from the inside out. It's uh, I look back over the years and initially I think when you get into it, you know, you want to have uh, want to be able to bench this much or that much. But the thing I'm most proud of is the discipline that it builds within you and, mm-hmm. and the ability to persevere and to push on. But but what I've noticed is it seems like I heard somebody one time say that goals and dreams are make are what make life worth living. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about this is there's never an end. You can always get in a little bit better shape. You can always be a little bit stronger. You can always push something. Once you achieve your goal, what's next? The, the new goal, you know, the, the, the next step. It's, there's always a next step to take. We'll and see. It's never ending. Well, see, and, and, and you lay it right out there because, see, most people never realize that. They don't hang around long enough. And that's one of the things we are working on here diligently with this show and everybody is to tell people. Especially we have, a, you know, uh, Mark and I spoke before we came on the air. We've got a lot of young listeners coming in here now. Um, and look, 
we want them to carry the torch. They're coming up, okay? You know, we know this. But the thing is here, I feel I've got a responsibility to any age. I don't care who you are because the best thing you could do, even as a family, is train together. Because, look, you know, the majority of people aren't, like, powerlifting or they aren't beating the hell out of themselves in a power rack or they aren't lifting sandbags and stones. Now, am I going to say to you that I wouldn't like to see you do that and come to me and say, hey, I'd love to learn that stuff? Because I'll tell you right now, I've done things with people weight loss in a power rack that was shaving fat off their body. It's a special way to train in a rack, all right? Um, I've done things with sandbags with people that would make your head spin 360, all right? But how did I do this? This is the stuff I've been doing for years. These are the, okay, it didn't work this time. Let's put that card away for a while. Well, six months later, suddenly they're like, I know I did this before. Where is it? Well, it's all marked down somewhere. We go back to it. It works. This is how... When you teach and people say to me, well, how the hell did you come up with this or how did you learn this? I'm not saying I've never learned from other people. I read things voraciously. I love anything like that. But I'll tell you right now, the majority of the stuff was maybe I got an idea from an article or I came up with my own idea and ran with it. See, that's one of the luxuries of training alone. Most people say to me, well, how, how do you do that like that? I mean, you got nobody cheering for you. Well, I walk to go lift the Husafel. It doesn't matter who who's cheering for me. If you're if you're into this thing and so laser like on it, I got news for you, folks. Everyone's a blur when you go by them with it, and you don't hear anyone. You might hear muffled noise. So the thing you need to get situated with right away is you need to be able to go out there on your own because we've talked about this over and over and over. When I talk about the things I'm mentioning right now about building internally to the outside, everything I do is coming from that gym. So when I go out and speak in front of 100,000 people down the road, I'm going to teach them that this is how I learned. I've learned from other experts, obviously. That's how you do You take nuggets from everybody. But you really come up with your own formula that works for you. I've never heard anybody say that other than me, that they've built all of this energy and thought and implemented it from the belly of the gym. Go ahead and take it, Mark. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Everybody is going to go their own path, and it does. It, it just starts with that first step. It starts with just getting up and moving and doing something and, and finding what you like, you know. Within just the world of strength, there's several different avenues you can go. There are strong men, there are powerlifting, bodybuilding, there's Olympic weightlifting. And they all have different training protocols, yet they all have goals and pathways to get to where they want. Yep. And what I found over the years is everybody will come out and say, well, this method is the only one that works, or this one is the only one that works, or this one. Bottom line is, is a lot of them work to varying degrees, but the one that works the best is the one that intellectually you believe in and that you're enthusiastic about and that fits your goals and that fits your mindset and that you're going to pour yourself into 100%. Those are the ones that really and truly work. Um, with that, yeah, I mean, that is the deal. But more than ever, 
that I've been seeing with myself and whatever when we've been talking about the mid-range stuff, the mashing middies, is I've created a, a confidence in me that I've never had before, and, and, and I'll, uh, I'll um, just elaborate it on a little bit because most people have heard this, I'm sure. Um, to do what we do, you have to have a level of confidence like no other. Um, but we all know that no matter who you are, you go to pull a 418-pound stone, you're going to have a little apprehension. I mean, that's the way life is. Well, this has changed everything for me. When I go and lift one of these immovable movements at times, which has no leverage at all with it, I don't even think of that anymore. I just walk in there. I'm standing over the bar, under the bar, or the bars over the top of me to press, and I go and slam it. And if I really want to get intense, as I've said, I'll be yelling out the names Dottillo, McKean, and Steve Jack. Why? Because to me right now, they are my board. They are the people I've, I've written about. They are the people that I did a singular show honoring them. And, you know, obviously everyone knows I'm working with John now with the middies. Um, Steve Jack, I don't know. I got to say, if it wasn't for the uh, DVD on Husafel, I probably never would even went near a stone. Maybe I would. I don't know. But, I mean, Steve impressed upon me so much, I ended up going to Iceland twice. And I'm going again, and I'm going to get the whole thing. I want to do the whole four-leg tour again. We'll see what happens, obviously. But my whole point is here is that... When you embark on these things and you need the confidence, I have never in my life had the con- I, I don't even think about a miss. And if there is a miss, it's already set in stone, as I say, carved in my brain that the next workout, I'll get it. The numbers that I plan on opening with with different things, people's jaws are going to drop and they won't, they'll be like, you're full of it. No, I'm not full of it because I'll tell you right now, Obviously, I don't have an ego because I've had to drop substantial weights and everything because I'm telling you right now, you get no movement. I can barely push off something or push under it. And then when you got a set of rods on the last set above you that you have to do your hold, think about it when you're at your max almost for whatever it is that day in this lift, whether it's cut down by hundreds of pounds or not. This stuff is just pure growth. I mean, this is like somebody sticking growth hormone in you and and testosterone, literally. Because this stuff is just pure power. Power, man. Power like you wouldn't believe. But, once again, it's another learning curve and it's something that is so damn hard. John told me when they were doing a lot of this stuff back in the 60s and 70s, even the top drawers wouldn't go near it. They might do it for a little while and dropped it out. We know a lot of this stuff was brought through uh, Bob Hoffman, York, and obviously the great Bill March and many other people. Ziegler, who was uh, Dr. Ziegler, unfortunately there's not much written by him. He was the one that came up with the whole theory of how to train the different points in Iraq. And we're going to explore a lot of this because i got to get John on here. And John has so much information from back then, being around that stuff, doing it. Um, there was one, I believe, 
and I'm going to have to get his name. John sent it to me, but I'm not going to go out and look now with the show running. There was a couple shot putters. A lot of track. These two guys are track and field, and one of them was doing. You know, they're both doing the middies. This was, I think, in the late '50s through the mid '60s. One gentleman did a lockout overhead. We're talking a pressing lockout of a thousand seventy pounds. Now, fathom that for a second. You know, we think, well, you can lock out three hundred or something. A thousand seventy. Imagine the body on this guy, the strength of this gentleman. I can't believe there'd be nothing he couldn't pick up. And we're going to get into that more, Mark. John Bruni's on with me next week, Mark. By the way, and. Um, I think we're going to get into, like Charlie Oliphant and I did recently, we're going to get into some heavy-duty upper back training, too, um, some things that I've come up with. But you can comment on any of that, but the next question I'm going to give you after that to think about while you're talking about what we just said here, what I said. Um, if, if you had a gym, all right, what would you want to teach? You know, let's say you have a genre – uh, let's just we'll, we'll just narrow it to nothing. Let's say you got five guys that are good football players, but they need to get better, and they have aspirations. We're not even gonna, we'll, we'll say one division one, one two, and the rest of them, the other three guys are probably division three, which is still incredible. You got your gym there. You bring them in. What are you going to do now? They let, let's just go with the idea they do have a little bit of weight training background, but once you take them through some stuff you realize like a lot of people they've been sold a bill of goods so take it all away take your time well you know um talking about the rack i can tell you this i think everybody has done the various types of training Mm -hmm. and it's all hard but what i've noticed from the power rack is you get in that rack and there's nothing harder it's it's like normal training times 10 and yep. I've done a lot of the mid-ranges, and when you're pressing that bar up against the pins yeah. and you're trying to rip the rack out of the floor, it's like somebody's, you know, in the squat. It's like somebody's taking a blowtorch to your thighs. It's, yeah. There's nothing nothing harder. And you set that, you set the bar back down and you think, wow, that, that's – it just – everything hurts. I mean the muscle right down to the bone through the tendons and the ligaments. It's just like you know that you've just – really really done something you've really made some inroads into development of strength and there is nothing else that comes close and until you've tried it uh, once you try it once i've seen people try it they're sold yeah they realize that wow this is this is the real deal yeah um but as far as training someone you know i i firmly believe that that the most important physical characteristic for sports is strength yeah it's, it's at the top of everything you know, if you're stronger, you're going to be faster. Um, everything. It's just the most important thing. I remember hearing, uh, even more than technique and weightlifting, I remember hearing the, the coach John Bros uh, at an average bros gym in Las Vegas Yep. Uh, saying that, you know, Superman wouldn't need any technique because he's just stronger than everybody else. And I thought, wow, that's it's funny, but it's brilliant too, yeah. all at the same time. Yep. Mm. I would have them... Focusing on the heavy basics, on just getting stronger, focusing on the squat, deadlift, overhead press, mm-hmm. and even bench to a degree. Um, but I think that the overhead press is, is the more important just for not only 
uh, overall upper body strength, but for shoulder health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also have them doing heavy, heavy uh, partials within that, oh, the yeah. mid range, the bottom position, and the lockouts. I mean, I made some of the best gains in my life just doing heavy, heavy six-inch lockouts yep. in the squat. And, you know, everybody says, well, that's not a real squat. That's a partial squat. Yeah, I get that. But you're once you're moving over 1,000, 1,200 pounds, it's putting some huge demands on your entire body. And you are getting stronger, trust me. That guy you were talking about that's uh, doing overhead lockouts for a thousand with 1,070. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't do that without carrying a huge amount of strength and muscle mass. No, I mean, that stuff will break you in half. And that's, that's why pe- you know, yeah. when people say to you, well, that's not a full lift, you know, that's a misconception right there because to get under any type of bar or whatever you're doing over it, you know, let, let's be honest with each other. Um, you've got to have such a degree of strength, but it's not only the strength. It's like we talk about that internal belief. I mean, you've got to have a – yeah, I mean, most people don't realize this. You have to have a set of mental skills like most people don't possess. You know, I've equated this to a lot of the things. We were talking about this, and I wrote some stuff. You know, the ones that can really survive – and the ones that have success are the ones that don't need a pat on the ass. They don't need to be told at every corner how great they are. They'll go out like I was saying the other day. Here, you know, you know, Ohio's been cold too. Um, you go out in 20 below weather and you train. I don't care if you even got a little heat going in. It's still a path to getting greater. And these type of things that most people avoid and want to be in a control-type environment, that's fine if that's what you want. But you know what? When you go out and you do something big, whether you're in a power meet or you go and lift a big stone or whatever, maybe the meet's a little more controlled. But if you're outside somewhere and maybe you got a guy or two with you and all that are around you are the squirrels and the birds, you don't have a lot to go on as far as, you know, uh, the slaps in the face or everyone screaming and this and that. You know what? I, I do everything I can other than if I've got to get myself motivated, I'll do what I need to do. But I'd much rather become like that. I create that ball of energy internally in me, and I get under that bar, and I'll say a word, a signal word, and either it comes up or it doesn't, or it pulls off or it doesn't, or it presses or it doesn't. I was saying to somebody, they were saying, well, what, when you're talking the leverage stuff, I said, all right, here's for an in- for instance, uh, this is one of the main movements I do for the uh, shoulder girdle. Take a, take a bar, dead start, start it from underneath your chin, and go right up to the middle of your forehead. See how much you move there, buddy. And I love to hear people say, well, that's not doing anything for you. I'm like, this is why you come to me and you say, I'm not making any gains or I'm going backwards. See... The problem is the ego in most people not let them go to something like this because they don't believe in themselves and they're like, well, if I'm not, you know, pressing two and a quarter, which is probably overstating it now still, um, it's not going to do anything for me. I got news for you. You move from the bottom of your chin to the middle of your forehead, say you get to 225, what do you think your delts are going to look like? And when you do that 225 with a, 
the longest isometric hold you can do. What do you think your body's going to look like, folks? But the thing is, for most people, it's too damn hard. But do you realize you train like that for, let's just say, one year straight? If things get a little tough or stale, well, you go to some different movements or maybe for a week or two. Do your rebounds. See how much you're, you're rebounding when you take a weight out. It'll come up astronomical. So the idea of anything like this is that this was not made for just somebody to come in and do. This is for somebody that really wants to make some serious gains through everything. And, you know, it creates this mental trap in you where it's like, you know, we hear about, well, when you do this, it, it, it basically sets your whole life up. It does set your whole life up because what it will make you do is go out and explore and do the things maybe you didn't want to do before or maybe you have an idea or maybe you're ready for a job change or maybe you're ready to become an entrepreneur. See, it's not just one thing. I stress this to people. Just because I don't have a bar on my shoulders or a stone in my arms, the gym never leaves me, okay? Never leaves me. It's always there. You know, all that aggression, all that intensity, all those, you know, successes, all those setbacks that you have to go back ever, they're all in me. They're ingrained in my DNA, in my bones, in my blood, everywhere, all right? Once you learn these factors, and it's a lifetime of learning, it's not a week, it's not 90 days, it's not even five years. You can be ahead of the game in five years, but the idea here is learn something new every day. You know, I've listened to a lot of people, and it was very interesting. They'd come home, and then when they'd sit down at dinner, the kids would, you know, their father would say to them, well, what did you learn today? And when they knew that they didn't learn anything they thought that was worthwhile, which for whatever reason, they would go to an encyclopedia and look something up and be able to talk about it at the dinner table. It's the same thing with what we do here. We do this show just like we're all sitting together at a dinner table and we are discussing our hopes and dreams, our successes and our setbacks, and yet we can take this stuff and plug it into anything you want in your life. I know no sport out there that can do this. None. Go ahead, Mark. It's all yours. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, we all start from very humble beginnings in this, typically. And, you know, you stick with it through a period of years. And once again, it goes back to the whole thing of it's a lifetime journey. It's not just uh, I want to be doing this in one year or two years. It's a lifetime. And and you you develop a habit for achieving goals and setting them and achieving them and developing plans of action on how you get there. And I can't tell you how many times those skill sets have paid off, you know, enormous dividends throughout the rest of my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that a lot of life is about, you know, seeing something you want to do, setting that goal, developing your plan of action on how you get there, and then achieving it, setting a new goal. And those are the lessons that this teaches you. And it gives you the confidence because once you achieve those things, you know, it, it gives you confidence that you can take out into the world where you say, I, you know, I did this. I did not think I could do it, but I did it. And one of your podcasts a few days ago, I can't remember exactly how it went. The guest said, happiness 
is pushing yourself beyond your limits and then achieving them and coming out on the other side, something mm-hmm. to that that degree. And I thought about that for a long time, and I, I th- thought back to all the times I've really pushed myself hard in something to do things I didn't think I could do. And then when you achieve them, the the, the level of happiness and joy and achievement that you get is is immense. So, yeah, and, you know, just going back to the rack as well, I mean, the amount of focus and that you have to have when you're approaching something as, as heavy as what you're approaching, I think, sets you up to to do, you know, a, a lot of things. It, it makes lighter weights. It makes everything else just seem easier by comparison, you know. I don't know if you've experienced that or not. But oh, yeah, but, you know. It does with me. Yeah, and you know what it does? It, it Without even realizing it, it's building a toughness in you. I don't know where you can Absolutely. get. It, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it, especially in this time of year, um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of things. If it's not the weather you're coming in with, from, um, obviously it takes a little bit longer. You got to warm up good. I mean, with what I'm doing now, it's a 20 minute minimum warm up, and it's it's all the old stuff that um, Dr. Leonard Schwartz did, which is just brutal. And John McKean had worked with him on so many things. There's so many articles in the Hard Gainer about what they did. Um, explosive bands, very quick. Um, and then you get ready and you go under a bar that most people couldn't even hit a single with the start. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and, but this is, this is years of training and this is stuff that, um, is going to demand and life makes demands on you. And absolutely the more you can measure up, the further you're going to get. And, you know, what I will tell people, what you will see when you start enacting this stuff into your life, all right? Um, your perspective of everything, your environment changes. The people you hang with changes. The things you listen to changes. Everything changes, and it's going to come at you at times very hard and very quick, and it might knock you right off your feet and, you, you know, indecision or I don't want to do it this way, but the best thing I can do is tell people, step back, take a few deep breaths, and just go back at it again. Because obviously things that you haven't done before or patterns you've been in, this is what I talk about with the whole mental aspect that I've been going after is this. When you've been in patterns for years, your body's very smart. Your subconscious mind is not going to allow you, if it can stop you, from changing. All right, because it's been set in a pattern, it works, and you know it's been working on you and you on it for multiple years. Don't be afraid. One of the biggest things you can do, especially with the rack, is to get in there and get dirty with it real hard. And you don't have to go and handle monster weights. It's like anything. You go in, start, and just keep formulating things. You know, this is why people like me. Mark, all people that are connected to M&M and FBC, these are people you want to go to. These are people you want to contact you. These are people you want to employ. Because I'm telling you right now, even the basics with people, because they've been so screwed over by so many of these quote-unquote gurus out there, they don't know what to do. I mean, you know, how many times have I said, you know, they go out and spend tons of money on these programs that don't work, 
And it's the same thing with inspirational things. I remember listening to Tony Robbins one day. You know, they have these monster seminars. Of course, they're selling their product, which, hey, they worked for it. They should. You know, and people go out and spend three grand, and that's probably cheap. You know, who knows how much they're totally spending. He said the majority of them get them home and never even take the wrapping off them. So um, that's what I say with physical culture or anything. It's a lifelong commitment. You must be ready to commit, and you must be ready to live that dream no matter what. Those are the ones that never fail. You know, you read Think and Grow Rich. Reread it. I'm rereading it again right now. Um you know, you talk about will, you talk about desire. Well, these just aren't fictional names or words or whatever you want to classify them as. These are things that you need to accomplish what you need to go after. And the ones that make it, number one, they never take no for an answer. And number two, most of them, and I'll say myself, I've had my head beat in for four years. Yep, have I had triumphs? Absolutely. But have I taken more headshots? Three to one, easily. But I'm still here on the air, and we know that most people don't last 90 days, no, 30 days with podcasting alone. And I'm not talking just about being a podcaster. We're going to be a national radio show. As I said to Mark before we came on, there's somebody out there that's going to hear me, whether we go live in in April or not, it doesn't matter. Um, And they're going to want to hire me and the show, and maybe who knows what else, voiceovers, whatever. Why am I saying that? Because I've put that out to the universe and it's going to happen. Because we have too much knowledge here to let this thing just go bye-bye. And it's not in me as a man to ever let this go bye-bye. Because when you're so committed to things, and you will find this out if you keep doing what we tell you to do, there's no way you can turn your back on it. It would be like turning your back on your own. And anybody that does that, you don't want around you anyways, okay? And, and, and one thing, I'll go right back to you, Mark, is this. I didn't say this in the beginning, and I should have. Men, if you listen to Dr. Wong and I or anybody, especially Dr. Wong, stop apologizing for being men. Be proud of what you are. Go out and take the next step to reclaiming your manhood because there's too many men out there that are lost, and they believe all this baloney that they're told that, you know, you don't need to hunt, you don't need to lead, you don't need to take care of your family. Wrong, wrong, wrong. What you need to do now more than ever is you need to build your resolve and get in shape and become so powerful that no matter what anybody says, as I say, you're like Teflon. Nothing sticks or and it all bounces off you. Go ahead, Mark, take it. Comment on anything. I tell you that the last uh, statement you made, I could not agree more. I think that, you know, we're kind of in a crisis in this country and we need to get back to more of that way of thinking. Yep. Um, On the mentality of things, I tell you, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is you'll know your head is right. You'll know you're in the right place mentally when you begin to surround yourself with people who don't tell you that you can't do something, that it's a waste of time. When you begin to surround yourself with people who encourage you and that you share ideas with and that, you know, when you sit around, when you discuss, when you talk about things, you talk about how to get better, mm-hmm. how to improve, how to push forward, whether it be with training, life, finances, spirituality, whatever it might be. When you begin to surround yourself with, with those people, you know you're on the right track. 
Yeah, uh, not only that, we talked about the enthusiasm, the contagiousness. Yeah. You know, we're talking now. I mean, everybody out there, how do you feel today? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel like you're going to do something great today? Does every day feel like an opportunity to you? Is that what you're thinking, or are you thinking the complete opposite? When the alarm goes off, do you bounce out of bed? Or do you need to hit the snooze and stay in bed for 15 minutes? I said this the other day. This is what I do. I don't even have an alarm clock. I don't use it anymore. I get up usually between 4.30 and 5.15, unless I'm so wiped out from working late at night and training. The norm is to get up. As soon as my eyes open, you know, say around 4.30, quarter, 5, I yell out, 150, 100, get up. Why? Because those three numbers signal to my brain that it's time to get moving. Get up. Now, you after that, I don't know. Maybe you want to do a few push-ups or a few squats, you know, whatever. Nothing dramatic. Just get everything moving. Start your day. Watch what will happen to you. And, I, you know, before I even say anything, you know, the first hour of your day is the time that you want to listen to things that inspire you. Um, read things that you've written down. Maybe you sit down and listen to something for 10 minutes, whatever they're saying. Now you go write how you interpreted it. It's another way to teach yourself how to think, okay? How to enact the things you want in your life. But if you're just going to go and hate your day and start it off with the news or a newspaper, I got news for you. That dog is going to just latch onto your ankle and be with you the whole day until the time you go to bed. The the, the things we talk about here, um, they're simple in respect to how you can start moving your life ahead. But they're not simple because most people don't know. They feel at 21 they no longer need to learn anymore. And a lot of them, you know, I've had people say, well, that doesn't work or whatever. I'm like, okay. Um, well, how do you explain to where I am now and what I'm doing now as to where I was even four years ago? They're usually, you hear crickets pretty much. See, the point of the matter is, you said it before, Mark, um, you know, there's so much I can't now. There's so much, why do you want to do it? There's so much, well, you can get hurt. Whatever happened with taking a chance? Whatever happened with somebody saying, do you have the type of self-belief where no matter what happens, no matter who doesn't believe in you, no matter how many people say you're not going to make it, do you still have the ability to go on? And by doing this, you made the, the mention before, it might look bleak for you at times, but you will start attracting the people into your life that are going to make the difference, that maybe you're doing alliances with, businesses with, this is what happens because the old you is no longer going to stay with probably the old gang. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them, but you're moving on to bigger and better things, and this scares the life out of people. Go ahead and take it. Yeah, people are definitely attracted to uh, somebody that has passion in their life about something. Yep. You know, people want to people want that in their own life. People want something that they can that they can uh, work towards. And, you know, you, you touched on something about uh, people saying, well, this kind of thing, it doesn't work or whatever. What I found, especially around the power rack, is people that say it doesn't work, yeah, 
99.99 times out of 100, they have never, ever tried it. Nope. Or, or they might have looked at it and thought, well, how can that work? Typically, it's because some internet expert yeah. has told them that it doesn't. Yeah. Therefore, in their mind, it doesn't. And I, it, it never ceases to amaze me that they won't even try. They won't say, okay, you know what? I'm going to give this a month. I'm going to give this six weeks. I know when I first, uh, you know, kind of got into it, I was reading uh, Anthony DeTillo. Yep. And I thought, I thought it made sense, but I didn't have access to a rack, and I wasn't really sure what to do. And then years later, I bought a book by a guy named uh, Walter Thomas. Yep. He uh, probably, I think he deadlifted around 820 as a 181, and his training revolved around the rack. Yep. He kind of did the same thing that Anthony DeTillo did. And I thought, wait a minute, this all sounds very, very familiar to me. And there's one statement, one sentence in his book, and it's strange that I've remembered this throughout the year, but this throughout the years, but this is the thing that caught me was this passion and this zeal for this that he had. And that was remember, the key to strength is embodied in power rack training. <laughs> that, that he had that one sentence in a paragraph all on its own. It yep. was that important. And after that, uh, you know, I worked at a place where my boss owned a machine shop and he was just getting into training. I said, Hey Doug, let's build a couple power racks. Nice. And he said, all right, sounds good. And we did. I still have it to this day. Wow. And it's, you know, it's down in the basement and I, I look at that thing and it's, I, I couldn't get rid of it for anything. I've done so much in it and it means so much to me. You know, you've gone through so much, uh, with certain pieces of equipment, they've been with you throughout the years and they've helped to shape who you are and, and all this. And, um, but anyway, that was what really kind of got me on that. And I found out that this stuff really, really does work. It oh, is, yeah. It, 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 it's not like nothing else I've ever tried, ever. No, it's miraculous stuff. And when you talk about equipment, I've had people come in here, oh, I'd like to buy this. Uh, you know, my philosophy is I could be down to my last penny. I won't sell any of it, and I'll tell you why. This is why, and this is a big thing that people need to listen to. I believe once you start selling things that have meant so many things to you, that will end your career with training and pretty much how you feel about your life. Um, people say, well, they're, they're not living, breathing. Yes, they are. All that stuff out there vi vibrates energy. There's a vibration. Oh. Yeah. And and as a man or a woman, we used to always say, and I still say it, my buddy Richie, you know, um, the weights never let you down. And there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, obviously you can get knocked on your can, but they're there and they don't let you down. Okay, but the point of the matter I'm saying is, you and that bar and that rack or that neck machine or whatever it is you've got equipment-wise, you two share one thing together, each other. That iron, I can't tell you how many piece, times I've picked up different pieces of iron in my garage or how many tires I've flipped outside or stones I've carried or whatever. That It's not, it's not just equipment. It's your being. It's you. All right? And if you start selling you off, what the hell are you going to be? And that's the problem with too many things now. We're eager to just 
dump things, dump people that we feel that, well, you know, I don't really need them anymore. Well, I got news for you. I've had people come and go here that thought that they knew a little bit more than I did and came back and they were even in worse shape when they came back. All right? Look, it. I, I, I try to stress people with people, anybody that comes here, is responsibility. That's the main thing you need to shoulder. And you need to be smart enough to know that maybe I don't know everything, and I'm one that admit that all the time, but you go, when you go off and think that you know everything, chances are failure is imminent for sure. And the next thing you know, you're dragging your ass back somewhere saying, you know, please take me back, you know, um, I need help and this and that. I, th- I think to a point... You know, maybe once or twice, if that. But after that, you're on your own. You know, um, and and you need at some point to be able to stand on your own two feet and decide if this is for you. Because the stuff we do, you know, whether it's power rack, uh, lifting, bodybuilding, po- whatever it is, or if it's just grabbing a sandbag and walking 25 feet up and down 10 times. It all has relevance, but at some point, you're going to have to take the reins and want to do it because I'm not going to be with you all the time. Mark can't be with you all the time. So how bad do you want it? How bad do you really want it? And do you want to trade that in and basically your integrity and everything you work for because, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore, you know. I'm 50 years old. I'm supposed to have a pot belly and receding hair, and I'm supposed to be a guy that gets all weepy during things. No, you're not, folks. Same way with women, too. Different different style, obviously more feminine. I got it. There's nothing better. But the point I'm trying to make here is whatever you're doing, never sell yourself or your things off just, at, just out of... Sheer whatever's going on with you. I, I, I've seen this happen with too many people. Step back, wait a week or two, and decide how you feel then. Because emotions can be great, but they can also kill a career. Go ahead, Mark. You, you know, it's it's so funny you mentioned that because I still have, I have actually all the stuff I've ever bought yep. from a lifting perspective. I still have my first New York Olympic bar and. York set that I got when I was, <clears throat> excuse me, 19 years old. <clears throat> and uh, I tell my sons, you know, the history behind all the stuff that I have now. I got this then, and this was from this era. This is how I, you know, this came into my possession. I said, whatever I do, guys, once I'm gone, do not sell this stuff. It's it's who I was. Yep. And keep it. You know, remember me by this stuff, then pass it down to your kids. It's it's certainly going to last you and your grandchildren, you know, their lifetimes. But yep. I said, sell whatever you want, but keep this stuff. Keep this stuff because this these things are important, and it seems crazy to somebody who isn't involved in this, but it is. It's important to us, and guys like us, we understand that. And you know, you talked about always learning. You know, I'm I'm 56 now, mm-hmm. and I still, I, I read everything I can get my hands on about this. I, you know, like I said, I was, I was thinking, you know, I hadn't really seen much about rack training in years. And I did a, a search on this and I, I found that's how I came upon your site. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a lot of those podcasts over and over again. You know, I really, you know, the ones I really love were, you know, the ones with Bruni and Adam. Sure. Glass and, uh, 
those were real gems. And I'll listen to those over and over and I'll think, well, how did I miss that the first time I heard it? How did I, how did I miss that line? And, you know, you take it back and you incorporate it. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're always learning. You're always learning. You're always trying to get better and further yourself. It's, it's a never ending thing. And that's why I think is, that's why I think makes it so beautiful. It's, uh, you know, it, it pushes every aspect of, of who you are. Oh, yeah. And, and you know another thing? I had a, I had this discussion outside of the show, but I brought it up a couple times. We were talking about all this stuff, and, and somebody said, I can't remember who it was, but there's a bunch of us sitting around, and they're like, you know, lifting's not rocket science. I said, I totally disagree with you. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, to get to these levels of anything you want to do with it takes a thinking mind and that is rocket science and i'm said how many people have you seen on the wayside i mean i i ran into people over christmas that I hadn't seen probably in i don't know eight years people i'd gone to college with and stuff first mat first thing not even hello was you're still lifting I looked at him, I'm like, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? It's like, what a stupid question. It's like, if you didn't, if you didn't figure it out way back when that this was something I was going to do forever, um, you know, that's, that's your problem. Um, but this is what I do and it's not going to change unless I drop dead tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the way it is. It's the thing that I love. And if more people, and I know more and more people are starting to understand this. I'm telling you right now, we have the ability here to make a, a worldwide change with what people think about and what they think about of a barbell and, and what they think of a rack or a stone or a sandbag or a farmer's walk. These things, see, the, the thing I think the misconception besides so many horrible trainers and people bringing uh, physical, well, I don't fitness, they call it, to the forefront is this. Um, they have no aspect or understanding of it, basically, other than it's a money pit if they can do that. But the thing is, what they've done is they've taken the average consumer who really needs to learn this stuff, and everything they do is with monster weights or things that people are like, I can never lift uh, a 300-pound deadlift off the ground. So what do they do? They turn their back, and they go somewhere and work on machines. They get hurt, or they quit, or whatever. That's been the problem, in my opinion, all along. Do you think any of these people, you think in Eddie Hall that uh, deadlifted over 1,000 pounds started out with 1,000 pounds? I'm sure Eddie would tell you, no. All right? Maybe he was a little bit better. Obviously, he's much better than the average deadlifter, okay? But Eddie Hall did not start out with over a 1,000-pound deadlift. This has been the misconception, the misnomer with this industry where somebody, say, in their early 30s that hasn't done much since the days they played football in high school suddenly want to get back into this. So they go out on YouTube, and they're YouTube and everything, or Google and everything, deadlift, deadlift. Everything they see with a deadlift is 300 plus. And they're saying to themselves, there's no way I can do this, so what's the point of even investigating it anymore? This is the problem. And this is the problem we are changing as I talk with Mark here, because I've been offering not only my services here and a lot of other people, 
I can start you out, like I said, with a 25-pound sandbag and change your life today if you want to do that. These are the things that you need to think about. Stop worrying about, quote-unquote, the, the pros, the ones that are doing 700, 800, 900. Down the road, possibly you do that. I don't know. I have no idea without seeing you first. But if you don't, what's it matter? There's nothing to be ashamed about of a 300-pound deadlift, you know, um, a 200-pound press overhead, and obviously at least a 400-pound squat. How many people do you think are walking the earth even doing that? Okay, so what I'm saying is don't underestimate what you are and what you can be because you're really doing yourself a disservice, and you're really hurting yourself. You are destroying your confidence, your morale to do things. And obviously, nobody wants to talk to a quitter. Nobody. I don't care how much they sit there. Oh, yeah, I feel for you. They're laughing at you when they walk away, folks. Mark, um, summarize everything. Um, one question, too, and take your time, is this. Obviously, we'll get you back on very soon. We'll get you on in February or March. Um if you were going to leave the world today, give give me a phrase or two of what you would what you believe you have accomplished in physical culture and what you'd like to leave everyone. Obviously, you know your son's the equipment, but something yeah. you would like to leave. But summarize anything that I said and and just give us what what you would do if today you said goodbye. Well, you know, it's funny, you were, you were talking before about, you know, getting asked, uh, do you still lift? I, I still get that question all the time, and, <laughs> and it just amazes me. Yep. Um, it's, it's a never-ending journey. People will say, you know, well, when do you plan on stopping? And I, <laughs> I, I, I give them this perplexed look, and I'm like, well, I, why, why would I stop? You know, yeah. I, and I tell you, there's a, there's a guy, Dave Draper. Yep. A bodybuilder from back in the 60s. They used to call him the Blonde Bomber. And he has a he has a blog, he has a website, yep. and I love reading it. The guy's in his seventies now, still in incredible shape, incredible health, and the guy loves to train. Yep, he loves it. He is passionate about it, and he's a great writer. And you read it, and it's like, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to be like when I'm seventy, seventy five years old. I still want to have that fire in my belly. I still want to be passionate, and. Um, so I guess what do I want to leave? Um, you know, I look at my dad. Yeah. And a lot of it, I guess, some of it has to do with lifting directly. Some of it doesn't. But I look at my father and one of the greatest people, if not the greatest person I've ever known in my life. He's always kind of epitomized to me what a man, what a father should be, mm-hmm. what a person should be. Always put, you know, his wife... My mom passed away, and and my sister and I always put us first yep. above itself. And I would like my my sons, my family, to feel that about me. I'd like to be the example to my children that he has been to me. Yep. I think that's probably number one. Um, I think as far as lifting, you know, one of the things that that hits me is. It's, it's not the end goal. You know, all those guys you were talking about that could deadlift seven, 800 pounds or whatever, they were also at one time doing 200. There you go. They all started at the same place you did. And I found that those guys that are lifting those kind of weights will always, 
almost always be very, very encouraging of the guys just starting out because they see themselves in you. And it's it's not the kill, it's the thrill of the chase. Yep. I, I look back on training over the years, and it's not the contest, or although the con- memories from the contest are, are really wonderful. It's the times I've shared with the people I've trained with. It's the growth I've experienced both you know, mentally and, and physically through that. It's just, you know, the learning, the hard work. And, um, I, I think when it comes to that aspect of it, I, I don't really want to be remembered for having so much achieved this or that or done that lift or that lift or whatever, but I want them to look at somebody that says, wow, you know, he really stayed the course. He persevered. He, he never stopped learning. And he never lost that desire to improve. I agree. And to me, that's, you know, kind of what life is all about. You're not kidding. I mean, it, it's... Um, it makes it fun. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, if you're going to do something, have fun with it. I mean, don't make it... You know, don't make it such a hard thing that you hate just, you know, putting your... Uh, shoes and work and your sweats on and going out i mean there's no point of doing anything like that if it's going to create that much pain um anything else mark that's it just thanks for the opportunity eric yes sir so much for what you're doing that well i appreciate appreciate it by myself and uh thousands and thousands of people who listen to you on a monthly basis i'm sure well, and I appreciate the, the good work. Thank you, and I appreciate the kind words. And you and I both know that one day, you know, everyone's going to be sitting around, and they're going to be like, "Holy cow, you did it!" And I was like, "It's never going to be done. It's going to be a legacy that whatever happens after I'm gone, just like I say, Disney, um, it's going to just keep getting bigger and bigger because this has now." You know, we talk about building momentum. I mean, we could be at the highest peak anywhere in the world, and that big snowball that's coming down that mountain is getting bigger and bigger. And at points in your life, you'll find things end up taking on their own personality. You know, I am obviously the backbone of the show, but this show has its own personality driven by me but m&m is an entity on its own too just like fiorella barbell company as you this is what i said there's a lot of gold in here that you're going to find out more and more about down the road but it's like everything um it takes you a lot of time to build your craft but isn't that the fun of everything i mean that's the fun of it um before I sign off, I didn't want I don't want to forget this. I usually read this in the beginning. Um, I'm going to read something by Pete, the late great Peter Martin. It's um it's called The Searcher, The Spirit of the Stones, but I'm going to read a poem that he put at the end of this. And this is in let me see what issue this is. This is in Milo, September 2001, volume 9, number 2. And it goes like this. Pleasant is the voice of the song, thou lovely dweller of the rock. It comes on the sound of the stream along the narrow vale. My soul awakes, O stranger, in the midst of my hall. I stretch my hand, but it is feeble, and the sigh of my bosom grows. Wilt thou not listen, son of the rock, to the song of Ocean? 
My soul is full of other times. The joy of my youth returns. Thus the sun appears in the west. After the steps of his brightness have moved behind a storm. The green hills lift their dewy heads. The blue streams rejoice in the vale. The aged hero comes forth on his staff. And his gray hair glitters in the beam. That's from the poems of Osian by James McPherson, 1736 to 1796. And you can see that and read the story on page 83. Or I'm sorry, on page 85. And the poem is at the end of the story on page 86. And um, Peter Martin, missed, 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 let me tell you. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Um, if there's a show you'd like Mark and I to do, go out to Fiorello Barbell at nicap.r.com. Also, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we got, and I appreciate that. We're also on AHA Directory. That's aha. You can get Eminem in your car 24-7. If someone seeks you in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words of inspiration. Five words will change your life, I'm telling you. Five words. My mom would say to us when we were kids, when you see somebody, never be afraid to give them a smile or a hello. That might be all they get that day. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, squat it, pull it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. The great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. Um, I can make you a guarantee it will always be that way. Always. Always, always, always. Frank Klein, my greatest college business professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Also, he would always say, um, quitters never win and winners never quit. And how true is that? Also, too, my dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, the greatest chiropractor ever, who we lost three years to cancer, would walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself. Good times, bad times. Or just walk around and say it. It will change the whole direction of your life. Literally. I'm telling you, it will give your body a shift like you wouldn't believe. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join the family. Join the revolution. Be part of our team of winners and champions for the next 30-plus years. Also, too, Les Brown. You all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. And I don't know how many people in today's world would even make a pledge to anyone like that. It is very, very important. Mark, like I said, it's an honor. Great show. You are very, very good on it. Um, Nice back and forth dialogue. And we'll get you set up. And I thank you for being on, my friend. Thank you, Eric. It's been my pleasure. It's mine, too. So, for Mark Boggs, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. And remember this. The world is asking something from you, 
might not take a lot. Like I said, it might just be a hello to somebody. Acknowledge people. People need to be acknowledged to let know that, hey, you know, you are important. When they look down, talk to them in a way where they're going to look back up with you. You're going to make eye contact. Little things come out to big things, but you got to take the time and you really got to give a damn about yourself first before you're going to care about anybody else. Have a great weekend. This show will be up tomorrow morning. Maybe even tonight, depending on what's going on, but i got a very busy day. But Mark's show with myself will definitely be up on Sunday. So, have a great weekend. we got a busy week next week, and we will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.